This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And here we are a couple of days before the Tottenham game. And it's all going off in Brentford land. Finally, the bomb has landed. The Ivan Tony bomb, the one that we knew was coming at some stage, but it's almost like the planes had been circling around the new Griffin Park era for months and months and months and months. I mean, I don't know how much they had, but so much petrol in that plane and it didn't run out. And eventually, boom, the bomb was dropped on us yesterday afternoon. Ivan Tony has been banned from all football for eight months. And that's had reverberations in and around our club. My name is Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint with my man Laney because we're going to talk about maybe a little bit of this. We've got the Spurs game on Saturday. We've got all sorts of stuff going on. Laney, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. Yeah, um, it'll be good to uh, sort of draw a line underneath Ivan Tony incident for a few hours at least on Saturday and get on with um, the football. But uh, yeah, for the moment, um, it's, there's only there's only one story in town, isn't there? That's definitely just one story in town, as they say. And uh, I mean, Ivan Tony, God blimey. I mean, uh, I'll tell you something, just going back to just, just switching it off a little bit, lady. Uh, I've got to tell you something as well, which you might relate to as well. It's uh, talk about old school. Uh, I've just got to pull this up here to the camera as you can see. I mean, I was, I was the other day, I was uh, going through my shed. As I say, my garden shed is bigger than this. Uh, my, my garden shed definitely isn't bigger than this anymore because it's been completely demolished. And I had character in there sort of demolishing the shed and taking stuff down to the skip. And uh, you know, like when you move into a house, you put lots of stuff into the shed saying, I'll tell you so, I'm going to just take care of this maybe in a month or two's time. 15 years later, it's like, oh no. So I've listen, I've found stuff in there that I didn't even remember existed. I found an old mini disc player. Remember mini disc, lady? Oh, yeah, yeah, I used to use them a lot. Yeah, yeah mini disc player as well. And also, I found a load of my old cassettes. Now, the, for the younger lot out there, they probably weren't even born when cassettes were going. But like I said, you might record label used to put out lots of cassettes as well. And so I found a lot of sort of the old test pressing. So what happens is that when you work for a record label, you used to go to make an, an album or make a single. And then what they do is that the, the, the place would bring you, give you a cassette for you to go back and have a listen to. So I've got a load of these old test pressing cassettes as well, which is quite mad. People like Chapter and the Verse of your old Mancunians out there, if you remember them, and all sort of hip hop jazz band as well. But also I dug out, remember, memories from our Liverpool trip, Laney. I found a Mantronics cassette as well. Are you quite impressed with this? Have a look at this. 
that's lovely, mate. That's a lovely thing. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a thing of beauty, mate. Yes. I mean, I've got yeah, I've got, I don't think I've got any mental. I've got lots of twelve inches. I've got uh, who is it and Simple Simon and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just that's one of my one of my favourite one of my favourites from like uh, what was it eighty. 384, 85, maybe like a yeah. bit later than that. Yeah, maybe 86, 87. But I tell you what, I'm thinking of doing. You see, lady, because I thought I'd bring this up because I was thinking it's great that we've got all this, uh, all this streaming going on with the besotted podcast. Yeah, you know, which is you know very new school, but we are quite old school. And you know how besotted started off. We used to start off with our you know our fanzine. You know, used to sell the fanzines on the corner. In fact, I even dug out a load of old fanzines from maybe 10, 15 years ago. Um, um, in the shed as well. I'm sitting there looking at them like you know. Uh, what's going on wrong uh, you know ron which is uh, the old ron nodes one i mean like you know what i'm saying it's like that's probably from about 1999 so you've got all these old magazines that we had that used to stand in the corner but i'm just thinking tell you something why can't we don't we try for once recording a podcast and putting it on cassette and going onto the corners of the ground and and and, and flogging them do you think that's a good idea um, you've had some shit ideas in your time, Bill, and that's, that's up there. That's up there with the worst of them. And um, I'd say, you know what, the best thing to do with all that stuff you found? What's that? Shove it in the bin, mate. It's uh, it's, it's worthless. <laughs> listen, you make me feel bad, anyway. Listen, but I, I think I was probably doing that to take my mind off what has been going on and in around New Griffin Park with the uh, Ivan Tony situation, which is really uh, it's kind of made us sort of really, really confused. I mean, first of all, I'm going to say to you some two very, very good podcasts you should check out: Pride of West London. First of all, yesterday, Lainey and Ali Malali from Her Game 2, they did an emergency podcast where they talked about the situation with Ivan Tony and uh, what it's going to, uh, what's going to go down. We're going to be having a little clip from that a little bit later. And also, I spoke on podcast, on TalkSport as well to, uh, to I said, Darren Bent as well. Like, you know what I'm saying? We were just having a little chat to Darren and also Andy as well. And we had a little chat about the Ivan Tony situation. I was caught a little bit on the spot because I was literally sitting there with my daughter. She had to go in for a, uh, she had a little bit of an appointment and I was just sitting there and also the phone rang said, it's talk sport, can you talk now? So I didn't really have time to prepare my answers as such or think about what I was gonna talk about. And they did put me on the spot a little bit, as we said. So we'll be playing a little clip for that later. But if you want to hear to the full podcast, go to prideofwest.london and you can check that out but mainly just quickly just a little because like i said we're going to get the allard in a little bit later just to talk about the tony situation but i just want to know just quickly any further thoughts on that you've had a you've had a night to sleep on it yeah there, i mean there are a, a couple of further thoughts and i mean you know when when you read through besides uh twitter timeline there's some it's an excellent um observations and some you know real proof from the heart um uh, reactions to to the news from from other brentford fans and we'll we'll probably read through a few more of those as well but yeah i mean i think the we all knew it was coming so we're not we're not kind of this isn't a bolt from the blue or anything like that but what really is a bolt from the blue is with two games to go i i, I really don't understand why they had to do this before the end of the season. It, it, it would have made sense to to, to issue the, the the fine and issue the the, the you know the ban um, in in a, in, a, in ten days' time after we've played the Man City game. It it is it, a bit bonkers because um, it's I I, I I always thought that the reason that they're going to delay it so it didn't impact or impinge on on this 
current football season. Um, they made a decision that um, he was going to be found guilty, but they were going to delay the, the punishment or the, the sentencing, for want of a better word, until the season was over and done with. He, he played, he scored, he contributed to Brentford this season. They were going to let the season run um, through its entirety, and then they were going to hit him with the punishment um, as soon as it was finished. It doesn't contaminate a closed season, doesn't contaminate next season. It's It's all kind of like in one shell and it's all it's all dealt with cleanly two games to go um or and the sinu- you know the insinuation is they knew something bam was coming and they you know they, they 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 sort of asked brentford not to pick in last week but you know against west ham but you know these these two games just seems you know it seems odd um the chances are he may have missed them anyway if a hamstring injury is true but it, it, it just it it just makes it a bit clunky, and um, I don't really understand that. The other the other thought, the other observation, um, flicking around um, and and reading some of the more intelligent um, in the, you know observations, is that a lot of people in the know don't think that this is going to affect Tony's valuation or his chances of going to a big club one little bit. You know, a lot of people think that. Um, these big clubs will just buy, buy, look through that because um, because he's just a goal scorer. I mean, I, I was thinking about this quite a lot myself, and you're sort of thinking about you know his value in the marketplace. There's his value to us, obviously, which is very important, and him not being there is a bit of a bit, bit of an issue, to be quite honest with you. But you know, if we are thinking of moving him on, you know, you look at the situations of people that have that have done things. It's almost like people kind of like you know they do the old look, keep your nose clean for six months, okay, and then we bring you back. You know, what I'm saying. If, if you are a value to a football club, the football club will, will take you on. You, you, there have been numerous footballers who have done things which are, and I'm not equating this, but I'm just saying that I've done things which you put the question mark on think, oh, that's a little bit like, that was a little bit stink, as we'd say. You know what I'm saying? But the football club says, all right, well, we've got a value on them and that's fine. I mean, look what happened at Derby County for a, for a, for a prime example, where you've got a lot of players getting really drunk and they've been drove and smashed a car up. Like, you know what I'm saying? The player that they did, that they felt had no value because he was on lots of wages as well. Keown, they got rid of him immediately but the players that they felt had value all of a sudden they were back in there in contract and they were playing again so you know I think football clubs when it comes to their assets they will value their assets and they will do things for them so I I, I agree with you there to say that I don't think Tony's value has gone down and I and I probably equate it to a situation because we're saying well whether or not Ivan Tony and I'll talk about this later with the Allard will Ivan Tony get sold you know in the summer still because if somebody was going to buy him for 80 million will they um, will they buy him still buy him still and I, I look at it as looking at one of the more adventurous sides who, are, who probably think a little bit more out the box, um, as is what we did with uh, Rico Henry. You know, Rico Henry was at, um, he was at Walsall and he had, a, his, his, I remember rightly, his arm was, uh, was, was injured and his arm was injured for a period of time, right? You know what I'm saying? And we still signed him with this injured arm, you know, waiting for him to basically get his injured arm fixed. And we had to wait for, I don't know, six or eight months before that happened, you know what I'm saying? But we still paid the money for him because we felt that he was going to be a good player and he's been a great player because of, and that probably helped us to get him in as a player. So maybe, you know, we've got this situation here again, but we don't want to think about that. It's all speculation. And like I said to you, I'll be talking to the Allard about that a little bit later on this podcast, but don't forget to check out prideofwest.london. There is the emergency podcast that Lainey's done with Ali Malali. And also there's the TalkSport podcast chat that I did with Darren Bent, you know, and Andy as well. So you could definitely go and check that out right now.
Yeah, there were some really good points I thought you made on the on the Talksport one, Bill. I mean, you know, I, I think you were right to uh, to talk about how Brentford. Um, well, you know, you can you can label this two ways. One is protect your asset, but B is to um, help the player. And uh, you know, it, it, Brentford is very much uh, uh, about um, um, creating an atmosphere where where players can thrive and and and, and um, achieve their potential, and they help them. It's it's a you know it's a real holistic. Um, it's, a, it's a it's a great atmosphere that they they, they created there. So. That, that that redemption and that sort of helping him recover and, and get through this is is, is going to be pivotal, you know. And I think you were right to say that they will support that they will continue supporting a player that's really let them down, you know. It, 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 this could impact us, you know, hugely. And you know, there are some people um, who don't think um, it's right to talk about, you know, his his worth. And whether this um, has affected his worth, but of course it matters. You know, he's a player that you know could could go for as high as 75 million, and, and some people laugh at that. But his it, it, he's, he's goal scoring record in in a, in at Brentford is one thing. You you put him in Man City's team, and that's not beyond the you know the realms of possibility. If, you know, if Haaland were to move on or he's injured, I mean that's it, that's probably not going to happen. But a Chelsea. Or a Liverpool or an Arsenal, it, it, you put him in any of those teams, you'll carry on scoring loads of goals, and that's you know worth its weight in gold. And if you know if if, if, if Declan Rice is rumoured to be worth 120 million, then someone who scores loads of goals is going to be loads too. So um, that's what I mean. Richarlison, they paid 60 million for Tottenham, did you know what I'm saying? And he scored how many goals? Yeah, he's, he's, he's absolutely not in the same league as, as Ivan Tony. So yeah, you're you're, you're right, um, and I think. You know the, the the podcast that I did with Ali um, last night. You know we, we we looked at it three ways. You know how does how does the decision leave Brentford Football Club? How does it leave Tony as a player himself? How does it leave us as fans? So you know now um, yeah, you know this podcast and the ones that are going to follow it allows us to kind of get a little bit more meat on the bone when because we don't we still don't know. The reasoning for for the length of the ban, they've not they've not given any more details than you know the the admission of guilt for the number of offences. There's no more um, uh, detail about you know what the what the offences were. There's still no talk about whether he's got a gambling addiction or um, or, or, or there's a there's a there's a problem an ongoing problem there. It doesn't look like it because it, they, they finished in 2021. It's two years ago since. Since he last he last had a flutter, so it doesn't seem to be it's like an ongoing situation, um, and you know, and whether Brentford can appeal themselves or whether the player can appeal, because it, this, it punishes both. Yes, I know it's it's an Ivan Tony ban, but Brentford themselves are are being punished for for his for his crimes, for want of a better word, and maybe there's still a little bit of leeway there. Maybe we can you know we can. Um, Get the get the sort of eight months down to a bit less because you know I I, I still think it still sticks in the craw a lot that we're we're getting uh, we're getting hit for um, offences that happened when he was at another football club. You know I know I know it's the player himself that's being banned and and they'll say it's not the football club itself that's being punished, but it is. Um, and uh, you know you, you, you can't they're they're inextricably inextricably linked you can't separate the two things so there's a lot of questions and whether we can still sell him or whether we can't whether that's a football related matter that he can't get involved in he can't even sign a contract i don't know it's, it's a lot of unanswered questions bill 
There are a lot of unanswered questions, which we're going to try and answer some of them later on in the podcast when I spoke to Matt Allard Allard as well. We'll be talking about the Ivan Tony situation. What else are we talking about on here? We're going to be talking about the last game. Who did we play? West Ham. Played West Ham in the last game as well. We'll be talking to the fans after the match. Um, just talking about that game itself straight on the stands and in the pubs as well. Also, we've got JB giving us some, well, some post Ivan Tony um, banning. Uh, facts and funk as well also like i said you would be listening back to bits of the emergency podcast that you did with ali and also the talk sport interview that we did as well and also we got ricky from last word on spurs looking forward to the game at the weekend against tottenham hotspur but listen we're going to come off the ivan tony thing for a little bit let's go positive let's talk about sunday <laughs> not saturday let's talk about west ham coming to new griffin park let's talk about three points let's talk about about three million shots going into their goal that we had let's talk about the game that we played without Ivan Tony, which we still won. So we're going to go away, we're going to have a little drink, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about that West Ham match. So Sunday, and not Saturday, West Ham came to New Griffin Park and phew, it was just, it was, it, was, it was too easy, almost, you know what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of people say this result was always on the cards, so what are you getting so excited about? But listen, it's Premier League football. And, you know, it's, it's difficult to get any result. doesn't really matter what team you're playing. Yes, West Ham, they may have the eyes on one prize, which is European prize, but still, they've got some good players in there. And they actually definitely took them off the bench in the second half to try and see if they can get a result with Declan Rice and Ben Rama all coming off the bench to try and see if they can get a result. But it was too late by then. Brentford, great game. They had about 3,455 shots on West Ham's goal. Uh, we only scored two of them, which is probably something that you can have a little bit of a whinge about if you wanted to have a whinge but really it was a great game and it was a great result and it was very very comfortable wasn't it Laney? Yes um, to, to coin a phrase it was a, a lovely little kick around with the lads wasn't it it was, um, it was oh, without the lads in case of Tony's case yeah yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it was it, it was a result or a match that never seemed to be in doubt. It was a perfect Sunday afternoon. It was Brentford Entertainment. You know, it was it it the sun was out and the, the, there was a good atmosphere, uh, and we scored two goals in the first half. And it could have been more. It could have been a load more. It created an, an insane amount of xG. Um, and if Ivan had been on the pitch, as we heard in the fan clips, it could have been five, could have been six. Uh, we were a bit wasteful. Um, Mikhail Damsgog should have had one, if not two. Uh, and it was yeah, it was easy peasy. And I, I, I just think that it was, uh, you know, a great way for you to get your 2-0. Uh, finally, it finally came that's, in, Bill. That's right. My 2-0 finally came in. If you, if you don't listen to the podcast regularly, you may not know basically what's happened. We do a score prediction at the end and, and I've gone for the law of averages, the, the, the Benham law of averages, their owner, who basically says like, you know, if, you, if something's going to even itself out over a period of time, so just, you know, just go for it and then stick to your guns. And so I've gone 2-0 for every single podcast this season and it hasn't come in. It's been an absolute nightmare. And then the one podcast that did come in was the Chelsea game and we didn't do a podcast then, so it didn't count. But I still went for it and finally my 2 nils come in, like, you know, almost like the last game of the season almost it's finally come in so i'm very happy but what's more happy about is all these people that i've never really seen before just came up to me after the game goes 
Bill, your two nil came in. That's great. So, like I said to you, thanks very much for listening to the pod. You obviously listen without nodding off as well because you actually know what's going on. So, uh, thanks for the acknowledgement there. Thanks for all the people that's been coming up and saying that you listen to podcasts and 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 love it, which is really great. So, which is all key, just giving you all a shout out. But yes, very very happy that we got the two nil. And talking about the fans after the game, Laylee, let's go and have a little listen to what the fans had to say immediately after that West Ham game because the sun was shining and they were very very happy. Exactly the same as last year's uh, 2-0 win here. Uh, we, you know, they, they replayed the European game before and after. They've, they've got the same this season. We put the same performance out, very professional, made loads and loads of chances. I think if Tony was on that pitch, that could have been five. Yeah, that was very straightforward today, really, wasn't it? Good chance for some of the uh, the players finding their form in a B shirt to, to have space on the ball. West Ham's press was appalling, really, and we just played through it. Some great performances out there, actually. Thought Hickey played well. Showed that there's life beyond Ivan as well for us. So, come on your beast. We own them. We own them. And we own this stadium anyway, obviously. But anyway, <laughs> we own them as well. We do. As the taxpayer, the taxpayer, we own this stadium, yeah. yeah. Brian was amazing again today. He worked so hard. Um, good touches from Wiesa. Charles still got to find his feet. Um, but, you know, different. Probably played a bit more football. A bit on the ground. Some lovely interplay. Damsgaard links up quite nicely. Um, that's great. I thought Rico was well today. <laughs> Every time Ivan Tony's not played for us, we still score goals. We still won games. So uh, it's not at the end of the road when he does eventually go. There's always going to be another striker. We were always going to finish top ten. You know, results would have to go a bit peculiar for us not to do that. I think this must have assured that. I would have thought. Um, and and I think you know we just we just did what we had to do today. It was like, you know, it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a walk in the park. We created loads. We could have scored, we could have been three or four up before they even looked interested in the game and that kind of happened. That kind of happened um, with sort of 25 minutes to go when they brought on, you know, Declan Rice and, and Ben Rama. Um, but, but it was interesting without Tony today as well, just sort of having to rejig it a bit out front. I think it kind of worked a bit. Not sure Sharda's favourite position is out on the left. Um, he seems to have his better games, you know, either through the middle or on the right. Definitely on the right. Um, but, but yeah, I thought it was it was a it was a very enjoyable afternoon. Made it look relatively easy in the first half. Made hard work of it in the second half. But I suppose when you are the bogey team, you get these things in your favour. Two tricky games to come. You never know where you're going to get at Tottenham. But hopefully we get a point or so there. Last game of the season. Not so sure, but. Uh, Apparently, Weezer's still on fire. So there you go, fans, straight after the West Ham game. And like I said, it's a, it's a, it was a weird one because, again, talking about no jeopardy, I mean, this is my whole thing, you know, call me Jeopardy B, you know what I'm saying? No, not Deputy Doll, but Jeopardy B. You know, there's no jeopardy at the moment now for the Bs, and especially when you play games like that where it's it's lovely. It seems not very easy, but, you know, and if you can, if you compare that to the Sunderland situation in the playoffs when I mean, we were talking about the playoffs beforehand which is full of jeopardy you know Sunderland fans must have been like you know booking their hotels and their train tickets down to Wembley after their first leg of their playoff and then all of a sudden there's all sorts of tears like you know what I'm saying a few days later as they completely and utterly fluffed down and Middlesbrough as well with the Marcus Force posse as well you know they're thinking we're right in here we've only got the Coventry you know to, to play and all of a sudden they fluffed it as well because there's jeopardy but there's no jeopardy for us West Ham come down they've we've beaten them three times in the league already again it was just like a, it was just a walk in the park for us and it was it was it was it was one of those really weird games where at no stage of that game did i feel any fear 
or nervousness at all, which is nice for football, but sometimes you, you want a little bit of a pain, don't you, Laney? You seem to be a bit kind of, I don't know, you, you, you probably need to go and have a second team that's like crap because um, I you do. seem I, to I you seem to yearn for days that are kind of just like we've been through it just, Fun. Enjoy, just enjoy it mate Fun. You, can't, you can't have a playoff game every week you know we, and we had games that, that were just walks in the park even you know when we were in the championship playing playing well it's just we it was all about getting to this prize the prize we have now we, we need to get better you know we, we, there's a good chance that we can improve and 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 move up and and start pushing for top six. That's the that's the next challenge. It's not it's not reliving days that we've already done, but um, it's uh, it's it, you're right. It was it was a it was like to do the double double over over um, West Ham is, is is still an impressive feat. I know we played them um, at, at, at two periods in the season, almost identical, where they were involved or, or kind of like distracted by European matches. It was the same. With the, with, with, the, with the victory at our place last year, they were they were looking at uh, you know Europa semi-final in that case, and now it's uh, you know now it's getting through to a final against AZ Alkmaar tonight. So you know yeah, you, you, you can fully understand why they they, they had their eye eye off the ball, but um, yeah, it's, you you still can't. You it was such a comprehensive victory. It, we didn't just we didn't just kind of splutter past them when they weren't trying. We just literally passed them off the pitch. And you know that's that's the other thing that um, being without Ivan Tony allows is for us to to have a different style of play. You know we talked last week, didn't we, about whether the style of play um, and you know and, and knocking it long up to Ivan was was kind of uh, affecting our in brackets enjoyment levels. And now um, you know this, it, it, it was, there was no long long ball really. Um, there was a couple of long throws and we scored from one of them. Um, but it, you know, it, it does change the way we we set up, and we we're going to see a lot more football. I think. Yeah, I mean, again, Ivan Tony missing, so like I said, changed the formation four three three. We set up front, which is interesting. Shard on the wing, and and Boomer on the wing, who was on fire. We have to say, and uh, like I said to you, you know, it goes to show you that Brentford, um, we play that we, we play to our strengths, which is you know, everyone says, hmm. You know, but that's not rocket science. But the thing is, if you look at other teams, they don't necessarily do that. You get managers coming in, trying to, to get them to play a style of football, which they can't play because they haven't got the players to play it. And the fact is that I think we look at the players that we've got and we either look at the opposition and we play a particular type of football to match that opposition, or we go the other way around and we say, well, these are the type of players that we have. These are our strengths. Actually, let's just play to that. You know, and it just goes to show you then, obviously, Ivan Tony comes out. So we've got different types of strengths and we played a different type of game and it actually really worked. Um, just coming down, down to you know we're talking about chances and opportunities and you know um we we create only a particular amount of chances during the games i mean when it comes to xg brentford interestingly are roughly around about the kind of same level the xg they've created and the amount of goals they've scored is round roughly about the sort of kind of spot on at the moment now which is interesting but when it comes to this particular game ironically the game that ivan tony has been out i'm sitting here and i'm looking at the shot chart and it looks like you know like when you when you've maybe a bit of drunk and you've like and, and your eyes and there's all sorts of bubbles in front of your eyes you know what i'm saying this is what the shot chart looks like to me there are so many like bubbles and massive bubbles like you know, i'm looking at it's absolutely ridiculous i'm just trying to count them up it's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve about 16 or 17 or 18 like bubbles inside the inside the inside the brentford sort of 
18-yard box and about eight or seven or eight of them are in the six-yard box, you know? They've got massive chances, like, you know, Damsgaard's 47% chance in seven minutes, like, you know, Damsgaard, 55% chance in 62 minutes. That's 55%, say, one in two should have gone in. You know, got Ben Mee on 57% on 40 minutes as well, like, you know? Um, that's just absolutely huge. Johan oh, Wieser is one in two chance when he scored his goal, 52% as well. And ironically, Brian Bumo, whose goal was off on the edge of the area on 20 minutes, that was actually one of the, the smaller chances that we had, which is about 22%, which basically one in five of those goes in the net. But that was still 22%. Another than that, we even had sort of smaller and bigger chances. So it's amazing. You know, a lot of people say, oh, West Ham were on the beach. They weren't interested, but they're still a good side. And how many times have we played sort of kind of sides who are not meant to be so good, but we haven't been able to grind them down and create the opportunity? So the fact that we were able to, you know, you, you can only play who's in front of you. And that's exactly what we did, Laney. Man, I'm, I'm not being funny. I'm looking at the West Ham. The, the, the XG is 4.15 to Brentford to 0.23. I mean, I think we got 0.22 in a game a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember exactly who we played, um, which is one of the sort of we said one of the lowest xgs i think that we've had in the whole of the premier league um that's what basically west ham got and i'm looking and i i don't think they had a shot within the 18 yard box they might have just about had one um which is which is here um johnson on 65 minutes four percent so four in a hundred of those normally go in but other than that basically they created nothing really whatsoever so you gotta give us a little bit of credit for that as well i mean lady it's it in a way this was i'm not saying that this is the answer but it's also quite encouraging for a post tony era uh ivan tony era to sort of kind of realize that we can actually you know we're not shackled by the fact that we need one player to play one particular way in it yeah 100 percent. when you know ivan tony isn't brentford football club where we're you know there is life after him there was always going to be life after him he's, he's an exceptional player um, he's done brilliant for us and he'll do brilliantly elsewhere um, so yeah it, it is, it's probably really good for us it's probably you know that, that is the biggest silver lining if there is one is that we, we're forced to, 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 to sort of find a solution to you know coping without an exceptional player and also have him coming back uh, in, in in the new year, so it, it it's it, you know you have you have to look for a positive. There's no point in us sort of like walking around or moping around, um, saying you know feeling like you know the, the world's come to an end. It's not great by any stretch of the imagination, but you know life does go on and life will go on, and we've had a long time to to work out what we're going to do. So you know the DOFs and the coaches and uh, you know the, the statisticians and the, the strategists they will have worked out how we're going to cope and then we've got a, a transfer window that's about to open in two, two games time so we, we've got a lot to, to look forward to um, and you know we've got you know, a big game on Saturday at, at Spurs to look forward to so we go to White Hart Lane or Spurs Stadium or whatever they call it a huge karaoke stadium right. and um, you know you know, what, you know you know what songs you've got lined up for the karaoke on Saturday Laney yet? Yeah, well, it's going to be a Mantronics, isn't it? Um, of course. No, yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to go for the hot step. I'm going to go for the hot step, mate. I'm going to go for the hot step, maybe. You know, in fact... Or, broad, or broader than Broadway, maybe? Yeah, my Mantronics era is before that, actually, right. that track. One's, one's like, a, you know, three, yeah. three or four years before. Anyway, yeah. well, we go, yeah. to Spurs, we go to Spurs on Saturday, and um, we go there to win, I think. 
That's right. Okay, and just going back to that West Ham game, um, what the uh, the match summary really? Okay, for Brentford, we created a high number of chances relative to our possession and stole the ball often from West Ham. We were effective at creating goal scoring opportunities from set pieces. As for the strength of West Ham, uh, they had no significant strengths. For us, we were poor at finishing and we were caught offside often. And they were also poor at finishing and caught offside often as well. We attacked through the middle, had a high shot frequency when in possession, which I like that, which is good. Basically, we just shoot, 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 shoot. And they attacked down our left side. I mean, talking about the top players, I mean, Brian and Bumo was right up there in the who scored charts with uh, 8.8. Um, absolutely great game years. And we, sir with an eight, Ben Mee, 7.6, Ethan Pinnock, 7.6, and David Rea, 7.4. So all the top players were all Bs. You know, total shots as well. Brian and Bumo were up there with six. You know, maybe should have scored a few more. Johan Wiesa with five. Mikel Damsgaard guard with four. Like to see Damsgaard shooting though, which is good, you know. You know, see a few of them come off, it'll be all good. Ben Mee with three. I mean, you've got a central defender with three shots on as well. Kevin Sharder with two again. So all the top shooters was, were Bs as well and tackles. We had Damsgaard with seven, right? Great game. And then you had Jan Elt. Um, then you had Brian and Boomer and Frank and Yoka. And right in the middle of them lot was Danny Ings as well, who had three tackles, but all the rest of them in and around that. So, you know, it was all Brentford. 24 attempts by us, four attempts by um, West Ham, 13 from open play for us and four for them. You know, it's like, you know, honestly, it just goes on and on just to kind of see the dominance that we had in that game. Interestingly, the passing was similar, 500 passes to 445-ish, you know what I'm saying? So it's almost like, you know, what we're doing on there, but we were being more effective with our passes as well. Um, and so to you, nine, nine, nine on target shots, four on target for them as well. Um, we had nine off target as well. <laughs> That's why they had none. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Six block shots as well, they had none. I mean, literally, West Ham were just, uh, they were just, they were just, just I, don't, I don't know what this was, what was going on there. You know what I'm saying? But they could have probably put on a little bit of a better show. But listen, I mean, that West Ham game, uh, just, just final thoughts on that West Ham game. Because listen, I, I know what you're saying, Laney, but, you know, I, I don't want to disregard it because I think it's a disrespect to Brentford. It's disrespect to what we've done. And I think for everyone that just keeps saying, oh, they were rubbish and, you know, they had minds on other things. I think that's too simple to uh, to put that into the mixer because also there's an argument to say that when you're playing big matches, you want to kind of come off them with a little bit of momentum and a little bit of a vibe because that will help you with those matches. So any just last thoughts on that West Ham game, lady? I, th I thought it was really professional. I thought it was um, an opportunity to, 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 you know, shuffle the pack and um, shuffle the formation, as I said before. Um, and it was good to see that, you know, we, we sprayed the ball around. We played some lovely football. Um, it was it was just a, a really uh, entertaining, um, positive performance. Um, you know, and I think, it, as I said, you know, a minute ago, it sets us up perfectly for a trip to, to Tottenham on Saturday. And it does. I mean, and we again, just Sharda. We talked about the, the 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 different forward line. I mean, obviously, like I said, Boomer had a great game. You know, Sharda had a good game. Visa had a great game as well. Damsgaard, Damsgaard. I've just got to just quite briefly mention him because he's a player who's had a few question marks flying around about him. People always ask us about him. What do you think of Damsgaard? Do you think he's stepped up? Do you think he's going to fit into the frame? Do you think that this game kind of showed him in a light which we're thinking this is really positive? Uh, yeah, I mean. I'd, I'm still not the jury's out. I, I just don't see. I don't think we've seen him anywhere near his best. He still he still looks you know he still looks too light for me. Um, he looks he looks ill, <laughs> but um, you know I, I just I think we'll see him back next season uh, stronger. 
Um, I, I think his finishing was, was poor on Saturday. I got, I'm not, I'm not going to overly criticise him because he, you know, he, he did have a really good game. But I just think he, I think we're still trying to force him into that team a little, um, and we, we need to, we need to work out um, a, a kind of. Uh, a, a, he needs he needs a run of, uh, of of performances, and I think the next two games allows him to do that. So, so yeah, I, I, th- I think uh, yeah, jury's out a little still, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to see more of him next next season for for sure. Ian Jury is out on the damn scar, but listen, let's uh, let's take a little bit of a break. We're going to come back, actually, and then what we're going to do is we're going to hear from someone who doesn't put any juries out on anybody. We've got JB. And he's saying that the jury is out on how the bees have done uh, or are going to do after the Ivan Tony situation. Let's hear what JB has to say with his facts and his funk. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. As we completed the double over West Ham for a second successive season, and as if as a prelude to forthcoming events, Ivan Tony missed his third Premier League game of the season. But as for the other two, Forest away and Liverpool at home, Brian Mbumo and Johan Wisser both scored in the game. We now know that as it stands, Ivan will miss the first half of next season, with the longest suspension in our history. That dubious honour was held by Terry Evans, who missed two months and 14 games at the start of the 85-86 season as a result of a poor disciplinary record in the preceding season at his previous club, non-league Hillingdon. Evans went on to be a true legend of the club and was the last player to win the Supporters Player of the Year award twice, back in 1990, following in the footsteps of double winners Chick Brodie, Bobby Ross, Peter Gelson and Andy Sinton. Potentially, Ivan Tony could be added to that list next week, having previously won it in our promotion season. Our second season in the Premier League will see us finish in the top half of the table. That's something we've achieved, in our respective league, in 14 of the last 15 seasons, since we left the fourth tier as champions in 2009. Last year's 13th place was the exception. In 1935-36 we finished in 5th place in the top tier. The following two seasons we were in 6th. No matter what happens in our last two games, we will finish in at least the 4th highest league position in our entire history. So there you go, JB, facts and funk, post-Tony banning. JB always finds a little angle for everything, which uh, makes me feel quite good. So I mean, so talking about Ivan Tony and banning and a little angle, we've got an angle called the Allard. Picture the scene, all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And, um, because <laughs> he's been angling, he's been fishing, he's been fishing for information. Do you like that little link, actually? I've worked hard on that one. And, uh... The Allards and myself are going to sit down and we're going to talk a little bit more about the Ivan Tony situation. But like I said to you, don't forget to check out Pride of West. London. There's two podcasts like the Emergency Podcast, Laney and Ali talking Ivan Tony, and also me on Talksport talking about the Ivan Tony scenario. We'll come back with the Allard and we'll talk about Ivan and the ban. 
I'm, I'm incredibly disappointed and incredibly let down because he's he's not just let himself down. He's let the club down. He's let the fans down. Um, we're just almost unlucky from the point of view that he was playing for us when he got caught. Um, he, you know, but it's yeah. He's he's let the whole club down. He's let the fan base down. But that said, you know, as I said, people do make mistakes, and I think that we also have to have to back him when he when he comes back assuming he does come back to play for us and he doesn't get sold in that January transfer window because I, I, I mean what else can we do at this point we can't just throw him on the scrappy you know I think most these most you know normal people normal decent people believe in rehabilitation and believe that you know if you make a mistake that's it you're not just thrown on the scrappy I mean god almighty you know Every footballer who ever made a mistake was thrown on the scrap heap. There are footballers who have done far worse things. Yeah, I, I 100% feel let down, disappointed, quite angry, uh, really, that it's happened. But I think we, we also have to move on from that. And we have to back the players uh, who will be playing for us until January, 100%, get right behind them, which, of course, we will. Um, and, you know, we've been in this situation before when players that we... Well, not so much us, but maybe other people felt were indispensable, have moved on. You know, life after Scott Hogan, life after Neil Malpe, life after Ollie Watkins, life after Saeed Benrahma. Let's not forget, we were guaranteed to go down without Christian Eriksen. So, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think we'll be fine. I, I don't think there's any need to panic. <laughs> Uh, listen, this uh, this ban for eight months runs up to and including the 16th of Jan next year. Do you think with that in mind, it makes it less likely, more likely, or makes no difference to his future at your club? I think it makes absolutely no difference to his future at the club. Well, in, in a way, um, I think also the fear that we had is that as fans, we don't want our players to leave. We don't want no one to leave. But from an economic sense, obviously, Brentford are a team that when a player gets to a certain value, They'll move on. And we know that. And, and we've learned that over the years and we've learned to get used to it. So we're already bracing. I mean, we know David Mayer's going to go soon. We know Ivan, Ivan Tony's going to go fairly soon. So for me, the concern was Ivan Tony's going to go this time. We're going to gear ourselves up. But at least we know that he's going to be there at least until next January. So I think that's going to be the case. But the, also the other thing that we're talking about is that if he's out for five months, uh, eight months, and this is something that he has done himself, technically... We would love to think that Brentford would be able to negotiate at least another year extension on his contract because his contract's up for renewal in 18 months' time. And I think that's important for him to give something back to us and back to the club who has backed him through this whole process. There you have two podcast clips which are live now on prideofwest.london you can check out the whole interviews on there right now that was the emergency podcast that laney did with ali malali from her game two about the ivan tony ban and also an interview that i did on a talk sport live yesterday with darren bent and also andy goldstein talking about the ivan tony ban check them out now on prideofwest.london so we've got the allard in the house in the place the allard how are you Oh, yeah, I'm very good, very good. Just um, just absorbing the news. Tell you something, and there's been a lot to absorb as well, Ivan. Tony, obviously, he's not going to be playing for Brentford for quite a while. And um, 
if anything, like I said, this has been a positive in the fact that as, as Brentford fans and as Brentford owners and as, and, and as his players and, you know, Thomas Frank, they've had a lot of time to prepare for this. So they've obviously been doing things in training, in and around the club to prepare for the fact that Ivan Tony is not going to be there for a while. And obviously they... I mean, they may not have predicted the fact that he's going to be out for eight months, but still they knew he was going to be there for a while. So we knew this was coming. So I'm just wondering, how do you think we will compensate for the fact that Ivan Tony is not part of the Brentford fabric for a, for a fair few months? Yeah, I, I think that if we just, yeah, firstly, on the timing, I think it couldn't have worked out much better because what isn't going to happen is we're not going to be in an almighty scrap for... A position in the league which could be Europe or or, or maybe at the other end um, and not have Tony available i.e. at the end of this season or at the end of next season so I think that's a that's a big sort of bonus really that this didn't happen maybe sort of seven or eight games ago um, albeit that I suppose you could already argue that we were out of the European places but 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 more about next season in a way that at least it's um, he, he comes back in January um, or mid-January, assuming he's still at the club then. Um, I think my assumption is he will be. Um, in terms of compensation, um, I kind of think that the, the way Brentford are set up is that we have, you know, Tony's our number nine, and then we have three sort of wingers, all of whom can also play as a number nine, if that makes sense. So, you know, you've got Mbumo and Wiesa, obviously historically have been at the club for a, almost a couple of years now, Wiesa and Mbumo much longer. And then you've also got Sharda, um, who's come in more recently, but has looked like, you know, he's, he's pretty much up to speed. And all three of those can play as a number nine, but they can also play in the wide positions. So I think the balance of the squad's really nice at the moment, because if you start with three of them, there's always one to come off the bench and that sort of thing. T- taking Tony out of it, I think, makes life quite difficult, because it's almost like you need another... You definitely need somebody else that can play as number nine to come in. Um, whether it's another one of these sort of winger number nine combinations like Watkins was, or whether it's a straight number nine like Molpe uh, was, like Tony is, um, I, I, you know, I, I think they've got to decide that. They may, I think, maybe they go winger slash number nine again, because if Tony does go back, I don't know if you want somebody who's just sitting around. Do you know what I mean? I, I think it all depends what their vision is for Tony moving forwards. Yeah, and, and obviously we go with their vision for Tony, whether or not he's coming, staying, whether or not he's going to go in the January window, and whether or not somebody buys him in this window, whether or not he, you know, he talks about signing an, another year's extension, which is something that we spoke about. Uh, I spoke mm. about, like I said to you on the TalkSport podcast, check it out, prideofwest.london. Ali Malali spoke about it as well on the emergency podcast, you know, whether or not he gives us another year, which will enable us to try and kind of, you know, to, 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 to keep his value as such and, and recoup if we're going to recoup anything back from him um, um, interesting that you're talking about um you know about the timing the Ellard. i mean there's some people that are complaining about the timing saying it's the final two games of the season and if anything if he was going to get banned he should have got banned maybe the day after the end of the season uh so say for example you know arsenal fans are moaning the fact that you know if and even though they probably don't believe it, the game goes down to the last game of the season, as in for the championship, okay, between Man City and them. And uh, we play Man City, the final game of the season without Ivan Tony. That actually, this actually affects them. Do you think that's a fair point? Um, yes, I don't think that's going to happen, but but it is a fair point. Um, but 
I, I, I think, I think for us as a as a football club, the timing is is pretty good. I also think it's hard to justify a ban that starts the day after the end of the season if no one's playing football for two and a half months or whatever or competitive football. So I think it's again for Brentford being selfish yes. I quite like this because otherwise there could have been an argument everyone would be saying well hang on why are we banning him from you know the beginning of June when there's no football or or, or, or whatever date that is that the, the Premier League finishes you know end of May um, and and he's not going to be playing football until August um, surely that that doesn't so in a way I think it's a I, I, I don't know who's timed it and how they've timed it but it feels like it's to our benefit and I do get that argument from the Arsenal supporters, but it ain't going down to the last day of the season. Yeah, OK. And look, talking about playing style, I mean, you know, Brentford are known to switch their style of play and also their formation depending on the opposition and, and what they've got going on. You know, we saw, interestingly, on Sunday when they played West Ham, you know, they went 4-3-3 and obviously Ivan Tony wasn't there, you know, but we put Wieser up front with, you know, with the two wingers either side of him. And for us, at that game okay let's forget about West Ham whether or not they were good or bad or whatever you can only play what's put in front of you it worked out very well for us we created an enormous amount of uh, um, high quality chances in front of goal 4.5 xg you know and we had a, a ridiculous amount of shots on goal and there's an argument to say that we should have won by more now is this kind of an indication of how we can go without Ivan Tony? and also just very similar to back in the day when we had Scott Hogan when we used to play the you know play one particular way for Scott Hogan and then when Scott Hogan left and wasn't within the team, it almost like kind of freed the players up to play and, and everyone became part of the team. And do you think this may be an, an, another example of the fact that if Ivan isn't there, it just goes to show you the flexibility of Brentford? Yeah, to some extent. I think there's two things for Saturday against uh, for the Saturday game against West Ham. I think that we adjusted our style for two reasons. Number one, West Ham are one of them teams that don't really want the ball, it seems, because when they get it, they don't look after it. So... I think there, you know, there's an adjustment that you can say against West Ham. You can expect maybe um, to have the ball more than you would against, say, I don't, obviously a Man City, but say against Brighton. Brighton maybe is a better is a better example. Um, so against West Ham, I, I would have thought we adjusted for that, and then we also adjusted for the fact we didn't have Tony. Uh, Tony's your out ball, isn't he? He's he's the ball that when you're under pressure, you can go long to Tony. Um, when you don't have that option, you have to look after the ball a bit more, which means automatically you're probably going to, in terms of your possession stats, you're going to it's going to go up. So I think you know two things for Saturday. I think if you don't have an Ivan Tony, I'm not sure you want to be pumping it down the pitch as much as we do at the moment. So you know I, I, I would expect our possession stats to potentially go up a bit. But I also think that that puts us under more danger of being turned over in dangerous positions, if that makes sense. Because, because I just think we'd be a little bit wary. I don't. I didn't see Wiesa winning many, you know, of the few balls that were punted in his direction, and there were less. I don't. I didn't really see him winning many of those. One of our, you know, one of our big things is get hit it long, and then Tony wins the header, and then we play beyond that, or Tony holds it up and gives us time to get up the pitch. I don't think we have a player in the team that um, that has those characteristics. Uh, once you know Tony's on this band, now that Tony's on this band, shall we say? So yeah, stylistically, we probably would have to change a bit. Yeah. Right. And looking towards the future, I mean, you know, forgetting the fact that Ivan Tony is going to leave at some stage, we've obviously got a short-term aim now because we're going to 
get to the end of the season. We'll have the summer, unfortunately, for the, the posse that are flying out to America. And, and for the Americans out there, you're not going to see Ivan Tony in America because he's been banned from football. He can't start training again until the, the middle of September. And then he's banned until the middle of January. OK, now, obviously, between uh, August and the middle of January, we need to have a plan because obviously we've seen what happens. If you have a terrible start to the season, it makes your life very, very difficult. So you could imagine that Brentford have been planning this from time. Obviously, bringing Sharda in is one thing they've been planning to do. But do you think they may have anything in else up their sleeve with regards recruitment for between August and September or maybe even for the long term? I know you talked about bringing a, a winger stroke striker in, possibly, but they need to do something. And if, if you were Thomas Frank, what would you do? Um, yeah, I I would be looking. I, I'd probably look. I reckon I'd look for two players. I'd, I'd I'd want. I think I would want a number nine. I think I would want somebody that is an out ball option um, because I think there are plenty of games in the Premier League where you're not going to have the ball. You know, most of the time there's you know there's a lot of very very good teams. Probably. I might have a slightly different view if we were playing in the championship in the Premier League. I think I think we probably do need a number nine, and then we we need a you know potentially another number another. I always think thought we did another nine slash winger. I think if you look at the three players I mentioned, you could put um, KLP in there as well, which is Keen Lewis Potter. Have those, yeah, Keen Lewis Potter. Sorry, but he doesn't quite have those attributes that the other three have. You know, he, he, I don't think he's quite got that pace. Um, but, but he's a player that I would have thought when we signed him, we were looking at playing him in a front three. I'm not sure that, you know, we're so convinced about that now. But, but he's got a pre-season um, to go through and, you know, when he comes back from his injury. So let's see where he is as well. But, yeah, I, we, we, we're going to need one or two faces. Uh, how we do that, I don't know. I don't... Do, do we do we go into the loan market? Do you find good number nines in the loan market? Probably not. You know, number nines, they're really hard to come by. There aren't that many around. You think, you know, how many are there out there? It's, 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 it's a very, it's quite a difficult position. Um, we we sort of played at times when Watkins was our number nine. He wasn't, he's not an out and out number nine. You know, he could play out wide as well. So, yeah, and we've never really had more than one at the club, albeit Force was around for a few years. So they're not easy to find. So they've definitely got some some thinking to do. And then they've got, and then if they are going to sell, if they are going to buy somebody, they've got to sell it to them. Who's a number nine? They've got to sell it to them that, you know, when Tony comes back, they they're still potentially going to be able to play for the team or play a part. Yeah, okay. They're not just a, do you know, you know what I mean? They're not just a stopgap. It's almost like you want to look for a young player, but ideally you'd want that young player not to have to be thrown into the lion's den. You'd want him to sort of, you know, come in whilst Tony was still there for a season and then get up to speed. And then when Tony goes, you've got that player. So I think I think there's a conundrum about how much experience and how young they'd want that player to be. It sounds to me, to be got to the airline, I'll think about this, is that it sounds to me that they're going to be spending the summer converting uh, Sharda to a number nine and then bringing somebody in maybe on the left-hand side over there sort of bringing somebody in on the wings which probably makes a little bit more sense because the way that Brentford operate again not throwing anyone to the Lions and also trying to get somebody in of value is going to be very difficult and Sharda has always been a person that they thought you know bring him in as a winger convert him into a, a striker and maybe the the job is going to happen a lot quicker than before just finally talking about Ivan Tony and not being with us anymore Ivan Tony obviously you know there's thoughts about him you know there's talk about him going and leaving 
Brentford uh, in this summer even and then this ban has come and some people think oh he's not going to leave now but some people think that there's some clubs even thinking of paying something for him Talksport were talking about that fact that Chelsea are still prepared to pay 80 million for uh, Ivan Tony even now which is a which is, which is an interesting thought I mean with Chelsea you wouldn't put anything past them the only fact is that obviously Ivan Tony like you know what I'm saying when he, uh, you have to do the identity check when he comes in at the stadium at the, the, the training stadium with the other 4,752 players that they've signed anyway but that'll be interesting but <laughs> Ivan Tony's value do you think that this ban um, if Brentford were looking in to cash in on him very soon recently do you think that this ban will have anything to do detrimental with his value um, yes I, I, I'll quickly before I answer that I'm going to quickly agree with you on Sharda I think he's the one of the three that has most of you know most of those attributes and, and maybe I don't know if he'll be ready next season, but but he's the one most likely to yeah to play as a number nine. Anyway, answering this question, um, I can't see how it hasn't affected his value to be honest. Because if you're buying Ivan Tony and he can't play for you for I don't know how for long it is, he can't train with you till end of September, play with you till middle of January. Um, are you going to be wanting to pay a player big dollars for those for that period, you know, or big big money? Um, I, I, I would think that clubs would. I, I just feel like if there is a market out there for Tony, I feel like there'll be some players will have withdrawn from that, and that will affect his value. That's kind of my feeling. Um, if we could get top dollar for him, you, you know what it's like. The club, the club will have a price on Tony's head, and if somebody comes in and wants to pay that in the summer, then he'll go. Um, but my gut feel is is that the market will have depreciated a little bit. So the chances of, of us, you know, of us, um, it's a question of whether we're prepared to take less money, I think, for him to go in the summer. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I don't really see it happening. And I, and then I don't really see it happening in the January transfer window either. I think, um, I think the crunch is probably next summer. And um, like Ali said, and, and like I think you've said, and I'm sure Lady agreed as well, um, the extra year on the contract would be quite a nice thing. It would be definitely a good thing. So listen, the Allard, it's been good chatting to you. Have a little bit of a catch up. No doubt we're going to be uh, drinking very early in the Tottenham region on Saturday morning. So I shall see you there. If, if, if you can find anywhere. Yeah, I've found somewhere, mate. Don't you worry about it, mate. Secret squirrel, as they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I will see you for sure on Saturday um, at some point. It's going to be a long old day. And I've got, I've got a 50th birthday party to go to afterwards. Excellent. OK, well, celebrations to you and all your posse. So there are more words on the Tony, me and the Allard. Yeah, well, he speak, the Allard speaks more sense than the Allard Ice, which um, he's, he's the one that's the manager, the current manager of the relegation threatened Yorkshire team. Is he still manager of Leeds? Do you, um, do you know? I think he might have a couple more games. Yeah, okay. uh, uh, hopefully he'll be he's unsuccessful as he's, 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 he's been so today, yeah. We shall see, you know, we shall see, as we say. And it's quite nice to have a Saturday afternoon off, which we can sort of sit down and digest all this stuff. I think we'll be uh, looking for a boozer in Tottenham after the game where we can just sit down and maybe watch a little bit of, uh, I don't know if there's going to be any sort of kind of football that we can watch after the game, but that should be quite interesting. I know that I think they're playing on the Sunday. They are them lot. Um, There's Yorkshire lot, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, which should be quite interesting. But Tottenham, we are playing on Saturday 
morning very early we're sitting down there trying to what you're always trying to do is trying to find somewhere where you can have a a little get together a few little snifters before the game and it's quite difficult in the Tottenham area because quite frankly there aren't very many places that are open very early in Tottenham on a Saturday morning uh, but it seems like as we put the word out on our little WhatsApp ring there's a few places and a few people that are, seem to be assembling in various zones all around in the central and north London area a lot earlier than at 10 o'clock in the morning so we might be having some of that which is all good but lady Tottenham we're talking about the karaoke zone we're going to that that big big old karaoke um <laughs> hall in uh, in North London you're looking forward to this one aren't you I am um I, I don't like going to Tottenham uh it's always a difficult stadium to get to it's 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 just a it's a ball ache let's be honest with you um but um yeah I, I think I think we stand a really good chance this time you know I, They've had a, a really underwhelming season, although they're still, you know, in, in a decent position. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think there's a lot, lots to prove. It, it was a, another one of those away games that we just didn't turn up at last season. That we, you know, it, I just, I remember watching the game playing out in front of me, going, you know, we're just, we're just not in it. You know, they can score as many as they want today if they want, and they, but they, they didn't really sort of crank it up either. So it was just an, e- an easy victory. I guess it was as easy for them at their place uh, last year as it was for us uh, on, on Sunday against West Ham. It was kind of one of them, you know. They didn't really have to do a lot to win. And I, I just want us to go there and, and, and turn up and do ourselves justice, like like we did at the Emirates this season compared to last season. It's We, we need to do that. Um, and there's a, you know, there's still, still a good chance we could overtake them, isn't there? Yeah. I'll tell you something, there is... all my Tottenham mates that I know like literally every single one of them I don't know any one of them who's actually looking forward to this game I mean they might be looking forward to a little bit more that Ivan Tony's now banned but none of them have been looking forward to this game because they are properly in the doldrums about their team about everything that's going on in and around their team and uh, and and they're quite nervous of a Brentford coming to to play them and I, I haven't heard their views since uh, Ivan Tony's ban. Um, like I said to you, we're going to get Ricky on in a minute and he's going to give you his thoughts and his vibes on the whole situation. But for me, you know, these Tottenham fans are not really looking forward to us coming, which means that for me, it's almost like, again, which, I mean, we do a reverse no jeopardy. There is no jeopardy for us. It doesn't really matter. We can just go there and just do whatever. There's no pressure whatsoever on us. Even even though I thought, even though we were kind of out of the, um, we, were, we were out of trouble last season, but I still felt there was a little bit of pressure for us to kind of try and deliver. And we just didn't really, really deliver last season whereas now honestly I'm people are saying to me what do you what do you reckon I'm like I don't really care just like let's go there and have a bit of laugh let's see if we can go find somewhere to drink early and then you know get down the match and see whatever's and then we hang out in the afternoon and it is one of those situations for Brentford we've got no pressure on our shoulders whatsoever and I think almost like the fact that Ivan Tony is out of the game we've got even less pressure because people are going to be expecting you even less to get a result yeah it's, it's a it's a game that you know we're going to get loads of grief, aren't we, from the Spurs fans? They're going to be, they'll be practicing their Ivan Tony, uh, you know, um, insults to us, and uh, it's it's a game we just need to get out of our system. And uh, I just, uh, I, I just think we, as I said before, we just need to go there and do ourselves justice. And I, I think there's at least a point to be had there. Um, we're we're four points behind them in the league. I've just looked. Um, although I, I want them to win their last game, so I'm, I'm quite happy for them probably to finish above us 
and their last game obviously is against Leeds United so uh, yeah so um, <laughs> so give us the points in this one and they can win that Leeds game and then we'll all be happy with that yes. um, but that's enough about us trying to second guess the opposition we need to get to someone who knows exactly what's going down in Spurs we've got to go to Ricky from Last Word and Spurs podcast and he's going to give us the lowdown on Tottenham Hotspur Hey guys, Ricky Sachs here from The Last Word on Spurs. Hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you ever so much for having me back on as we look ahead, of course, to Tottenham versus Brentford. Spurs' final Premier League home game of the season in what's been a difficult, difficult season, which many, many Spurs fans like me can't wait for it to come to an end. It's been a season in which since seen Spurs have three different people in charge of the football club, which ultimately tells you the utter chaos and mess behind the scenes of Tottenham. Of course... We started the season with Antonio Conte, who it looked very, very bright. Spurs started the season well, of course. They were in that top four, looking like at one point they might even challenge for the Premier League. And then slowly as we got towards the World Cup break, everything started to, I would say, crumble to some degree. Spurs having a number of injuries, the loss of Rodrigo Bentoncourt as well. In addition to that, of course, the breakdown in contracts for Antonio Conte It meant really that it was irretrievable to find a way forward, especially after Conte's press conference after the draw against Southampton where Spurs were leading by three goals to one and drew it 3-3, that it was almost irretrievable though he torched his relationship with the players and also with the board. Spurs, of course, made the change and actually selected Conte's assistant to take the job, which sounds, as I speak, absolutely insane. But yes, Spurs actually did that. And they employed Christian Stellini, who very quickly lost the dressing room even further than Antonio Conte. And that has now led to Ryan Mason being in charge for the remainder of this season. Ryan's a good guy. He's a Spurs guy. He's done the best job he can under difficult circumstances. But ultimately, Spurs are now in the midst of both a managerial search and a director of football. The manager search has actually seen us linked with, as you know, your very own Thomas Frank, Brentford manager. So we've also actually seen a link towards your technical director as well, which will be interesting to see how far that goes. But in relation to Thomas Frank, I've always been a big fan of him, to be honest with you. I'm not to say that to wind you Brentford fans up. I like the way he is with the media. He plays a good brand of football. He seems like a decent man manager, gets the best out of players, not egotistical, very much down to earth. And if I'm being honest with you, he would definitely be on the shortlist for me in terms of who I want as Spurs manager. And I know personally he is on that shortlist. I don't know how far he is up the list, but most certainly he's off consideration. I'm sure the fact that Spurs would have to pay some form of compensation will mean he's not near the very, very top because Spurs ultimately, as we've seen under this current ownership, will try and go for an option which ticks a lot of the boxes and one being compensation is something they'll try and avoid for sure. So we shall see how it plays out for Thomas Frank, but um, I don't want to ruffle you guys too much. Great manager, really like the brand of football. And, I mean, of course, we had that game earlier in the season where Brentford were leading the game by two goals to nil and Spurs came back to 2-2. I've got to be honest with you and say that, although Spurs made the comeback, was really underwhelmed, to be honest with you. You know, there's a lot of talk about how Spurs were going to be ready after the international well, break we had and how they'd be firing all cylinders after the World Cup. And we just didn't simply see that. And obviously that led to Antonio Conte losing that dressing room to some degree and the real breakdown in communications behind the scenes. Harry Kane, of course, Harry Kane, look, he's the superstar in this Tottenham team. It's unbelievable to think that he's eight goals off Erling Haaland, despite, 
you know, the utter mess that surrounds him in terms of the way the team has played this season. But that's an absolute credit to Harry Kane. Of course, a lot of Spurs fans, including me, will want to see him stay at the club, sign a new contract. I think we have to be real and say, look, for what Harry's given to the club in terms of service. And of course, now the Premier League on second now in terms of top goal scorer. Harry owes it to himself to look at his career with a year to go on that contract and feel... Can he win trophies elsewhere or does he ultimately want to be a one-club man? Daniel Levy has spoken about the fact that, you know, for Harry, it means a lot more being a legend than arguably maybe going to win trophies. But we shall see. There's so much still to play out with the Harry Kane story. Obviously, United, Manchester United, one of the clubs that are reportedly keen as potentially are Chelsea with Maurizio Pochettino going in there. And don't get me started about Maurizio going there and how I feel about that. Just utter heartbreak at the moment in an hour in Tottenham to even make that possible and not even have any communication to Maurizio in terms of being a managerial target. But turning our eyes to Brentford at the weekend, Spurs' form going into this one, definitely shady. They've come off the back of a defeat to Aston Villa where in parts they were comprehensively outplayed by Villa. And Spurs find themselves now, of course, with the option of European football being probably conference league or no European football. Now, for me as a Spurs fan, I want to see Spurs in Europe. It is something that we've become accustomed to. And not mean sound arrogant that Spurs are always in some form of European football. But I know many fans feel the Conference League is below Tottenham. Harry Kane spoke about recently the fact that if you're a club that hasn't won a trophy for 15 years, can you really argue that a trophy like that is still even beyond you? You know, of course, we've seen Jose Mourinho go and win it as well. And ultimately, the level Spurs are right now, they're not good enough, in my opinion, to be playing in the Champions League. And I think Europa League probably is their level at the moment. So that is still an option on the table, although it's dwindling, really, as we come towards the end of this season with a couple of games to go. They probably will have to, of course, beat Brentford and, of course, as well, beat Leeds on the final day. But it's going to be very, very tough. So we'll see how that plays out in regards to the battle for European football. In regards to... Brentford and how I see them approaching the game. I think they'll come, they'll be free-flowing, they'll play an expressive and expensive band of football and they can come to win the game. I mean, that's the ultimate big thing. They can come to Tottenham and obviously try to win the game because I've got to be able to say to you that I expect the mood to be very, very toxic around the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Saturday. So it'll be interesting to see how much that plays into Brentford's hands for sure. Um, players I'd watch out for, of course, the obvious one, Tony being the main one. But Brentford got some really good players in that team that it'll be unfair for me to really single out loads of the players because I really feel with Brentford when I watch them, it's a real, real team performance. So, yeah, in terms of this one for me, I'm going to predict the 1-1. Of course, that's not the result I'd want. Of course, I'd want to sit here and say a Tottenham win. But ultimately, the form that Spurs are in, I can't honestly see Tottenham winning the game. And that really hurts me to say that. But I do expect a strong finish this season for the Bees. As always... We've loved having you in the Premier League. It's good to see you still involved and, again, being a real established side now. That's the one thing you have to say Brentford have done. They've really established themselves as a Premier League side over these last 12, 18 months. That's full credit to, of course, Thomas Frank, but also the people behind the scenes that don't always get a mention. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a 1-1. And, yeah, best of luck for the game, guys. Nice one there to Ricky from Last Word on Spurs. Giving us the lowdown on Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham strengths um, coming back from losing positions. They're very strong. Okay, also creating scoring chances, long shot opportunities, chances 
using through balls, finishing scoring chances and aerial duels. They're strong in all those areas, which means that, you know, we can't we can't be sleeping whatsoever, lady. However, they're weak at avoiding individual errors, defending counter attacks, defending against long shots, protecting the lead. And they're very weak against defending against skillful players. Okay, so they like to take lots of shots, attack through the middle, attack down the right, attempt through balls often, play in their own half, and they are aggressive. So interesting it's going to be. It's going to be interesting to see how our midfield sort of kind of uh, uh, shapes up for this one because that's always been where the battle has been. I remember when we played them in the Cup, I think it was, and literally kind of their midfield, you could see it was a class above uh, some stage, but we've obviously got a lot closer uh, to Tottenham in in sort of yeah ability wise you know and as you could tell with the Tottenham fans being afraid that you know they're playing Brentford you know so uh, obviously the downside of it is obviously we haven't got Norgard because Norgard is injured you know but then Janelt you know does a good job um, at times also Frank the Tank on Yeka when he comes on as well he's been actually showing some really good sparks and some really good things so you know the ability to compete with um, uh, Tottenham's midfield which they've got some great players in there you know what I'm saying Hoiberg and people like that you know what I'm saying look we ain't, we ain't missing about they ain't missing about at all of a skip and people like that so we have to be on our guard but Laney this is as good a time as ever to take on them Spurs isn't it yeah we, we've got to hit them from from the from the get-go you know we we've seen in the last month or last last six weeks that they they're really shaky from the kickoff you know obviously Newcastle actually tucked right in didn't they they you know they've got five up in no time at all and the Liverpool they were two up and um, they let another goal in early on against Wolves last week and they, so so <laughs> this this won't be lost on us and we have to you know win the toss and and and, and absolutely just go for the jugular. Hopefully we can we can scare the life out of them. It's it's in it's in our it's in our you know it's in our abilities to to go there and um, to cause a shock. So yeah, I mean, they they got a shaky defence, um, and uh, but they've always got a threat. You know Son and Kane and, and you know they've got they've got some great players. So yeah, it, it should be a really good game. Bring it on. Yeah. It should be a good game. So let's definitely bring that on. Obviously, and then we took the thing about the Richarlison, and we mentioned this before. You know, he's going to be playing for them. Didn't have a particularly great game in his last game. You know, but sixty million pounds worth of player. You know, and you said you compare that to Ivan Tony. Okay, yes, he's he's banned for eight months, but still, you know, if if Richarlison is worth sixty million, then how much is Ivan Tony worth at the top of his game? You know, plays for England, scores goal, twenty goals a season. You know, only two very good players ahead of him you know what I'm saying in the scoring chance in Haaland and Harry Gain who will be playing on Saturday which we haven't talked about much because we know exactly what he's all about and I mean obviously you know um, uh, you know, he's been chatted about you know what I'm saying um, beforehand by, 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 by Ricky you know from Last Word and Spurs but Laney, this is kind of it's coming I think the chickens are coming home to roost and this is the only team that we haven't beaten uh, as yet, I think in uh, is it in London? It's true. Yeah, no, it's true. No, we haven't. Right. We 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 lost. We you know we lost last time we went there. Um, um, we got a draw at our place twice, haven't we? Um, so yeah, I mean, we 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 just you know we were two 0 up on Boxing Day, and you know we, we we didn't throw it away, but you know it, that game was there for for the winning, and um, you know we, we, I, I just think you know as I said, I said a couple of times now. We, we go we go there and we should go there with confidence go there with confidence so give us a score a prediction with your confidence Laney 2-1 Brentford 2-1 to the mighty mighty bees and I'm going to go 2-1 Brentford as well oh no I can't go 2-1 Brentford I'm going to I'm going to go 3-1 
to the bees which is everyone figured are you right bill you've been drinking <laughs> but let's go for it actually let's just go for it with the confidence the new confidence the new team and the new vibe and also coming back to kind of just give a little bit of support to ivan tony who listen he's done some things which has really upset a lot of us because it's let us down as you said on your podcast there but we have to just basically suck it up we've got the punishment and move on so we're going to show him that we as a family are all backing him and supporting him and moving on in it so anyway this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Don't forget to check us out on all good podcast channels and subscribe to us and buy us a beer, besotted.com forward slash beer. Thank you to everyone that's bought us beers. Don't forget, it's an early game on Saturday. It's on the TV, so you can check us out on the TV. Very early for you Americans and all them people watching from all over the world. You know, great for the Australians because they actually can actually watch a game at a normal time. Also, don't forget to also, like I said to you, the game. We're watching that after the game, prideofwest.london. We'll be doing our podcast, dropping it. It should be live by hopefully about... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 3.30 in the afternoon while we're sitting in some pub somewhere watching a game. I'm sure we will be doing that as well. But like I said to you, other than that, Lainey, uh, thanks very much for the chat. Good old getting your off your chest on the Ivan Tony stuff, which is all good, Lainey. Um, and we got Lainey in the house. Yes, good afternoon. That's four, four podcasts this week. That's got to be worth a beer, isn't it? That's got, uh, well, give, give us a beer. Yeah. Us a beer you know. Just give us a beer. I, say. <laughs> I, think I, need, I think I need a beer after that. But like I said, I shall you've... see you Saturday, bright and breezy, my friend. Bright and breezy. So, what do I say? Go Come bees. on, you bees. Nice one, mate. I'm going to have to run. Laurie's arriving. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.